Hi, Ducklings. Amanda here. Before this podcast episode gets started, I just wanted to let you guys know that throughout this episode, Mazio, Jake, and I will be referencing a video that went up on the Evil Quacks YouTube channel about two weeks ago that counted as the first episode to this League of Legends month that we're doing. So if you ever get confused throughout this episode about what we're looking at or what we're referencing, check the episode description. There should be a link to the video uh, for you to watch. Otherwise, here's the podcast episode. So, can we clap? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. Please, for the love of God. All previous claps are not real claps. There you go. Oh, thank you, Jake. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome, ducklings. Uh, we are doing something a little bit different today on this episode of the Pondcast. We are going to be talking more in depth about the League video that should have went up two weeks ago during the last podcast uh, a little more in depth. Uh, I'm trying to branch off into new topics here. Uh, let us know either on Twitter or Facebook what you think about this format. I think we've enjoyed it because we get to play games so far. Yes. I mean, I Maybe enjoyed it because people. playing games under these conditions is even more amusing than playing actual games. I played APMF, so I had a good time. All right. Oh, Amanda, um, when are you going to start playing League of Legends? I'm not. Let's talk about the gameplay flow of League, um, which I think is confusing to me. Basically, we join the lobby. We don't see anything about the other side. There's no champions declared. We only know that we have the first pick in the draft and what order that we're going to be picking after that. So what what does that mean to me? So like what my confusion is that in League, it looks like you pick a champion first, right? But then you ban. So then what happens if your champion gets banned? You don't pick a champion. You declare which champion you want so your teammates don't ban them. Because when they originally instituted this the first time I played, it was a disaster of people screaming at each other in chat about what they were going to ban and not ban. Like, don't ban this one. I'm going to play it. No, the enemy team's going to get it first. Ban. Tilt. Smash. Yeah, like you see it saying like declaring intent. So yeah, the first thing you, you do when you get into a game is you declare your intent to play a champion. You'll like I don't often because I would prefer to counter pick or pick for the team. So you don't have to do this. You don't have to. Yeah, the only thing that you have to do is lock in your pick for the game. You could literally not click any other buttons. Okay, and then the enemy team doesn't see who you declared. It's just for your teammates. Yeah, they don't see who you declare. They see who you pick, and they see who you ban. Gotcha. But what's, what Jake said um, is really important, because what actually happens in here is an interplay dance of if they pick champion A, and champion A is countered by champion Q, then my pick may change dramatically. Like, as a rule, if I'm jungle, I will not declare anything if i'm fourth or fifth pick because i i want to see what's going to happen first yeah no that's that's a good point i mean and it, it depends on what you're doing like some people 
for example, your first pick in a game, you're picking your best champion. Like you're picking the person that you personally play the best. Or theoretically, if like your whole team is declared a bunch of, you know, low HP champions, you might pick a tank if it's even viable for you to do so in your role. So even before we've gotten into well, I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say before we got into the game. Effectively, the game has started before you've actually hit the battlefield, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a term like losing in champ select. Yeah. <laughs> when the other team just outclasses you in picking champions, they pick a really good team comp or a direct counter to your team comp. And at that point, it's just like, let's give up 15 minutes, which is the earliest that you can surrender a game. So does League have a tutorial? Yes, there is. Um, Mazzo, you didn't get to play it, but yeah, yeah, no great loss. You basically play as um, Ash, which is one of the most basic champions in the entire game. Um, She's an AD carry, so she plays in the bottom lane, uh, the role that I ended up playing in these games. And you like learn how to hit a minion. You learn how to hit a champion. And it takes you through leveling up your abilities and casting them and then destroying a tower, I think. And then it might leave you at that point to just finish out like a bot game, like a game versus AI. Not 100% sure about that. It's been a very long time. I don't even know how you go about accessing the tutorial if you wanted to do it again. But you do have the ability to play versus AI. So when Mazio was getting into the game, that's what we did for a good bit in the beginning was we played a lot of AI games to just kind of get a feel for how you use your champion, how you move around the map, what the pieces of the map are, etc. I do want to add real quick, the champ select screen and the dance that goes on there is a direct allegory to tabletop wargaming list building where you can lose before you ever put your models on the table because you didn't know what you were doing properly, or match it to gathering deck building, or I guess technically any TCG or CCG deck building game, where it's like, yep, yeah. you didn't do your job right before you got here, so enjoy the pain, I guess, because it's all over. Yeah, but what I found interesting was that when Jake was going through the tutorial and talking about it, it was all, I don't know what to call it. So... There's a formula, I guess, to analyze games, and it's like mechanics, dynamics, and aesthetics, and I think I've sent that to you, mm-hmm. Mazio, yes, before, yeah. and Jake, I think you may have heard of it. I was yeah. nodding. Did you not see me nodding on this audio-only recording? No, I definitely couldn't see you nodding over the Discord voice call. <laughs> um, one of them, uh, mechanics is just the things that are hard-coded into the game, I think, and dynamics is how the players what the players form from those mechanics, I think. Don't quote me. I could be mixing those two up because they sound very similar. So effectively, what the tutorial was teaching you was just the mechanics of the game. It was saying, you press blank to move, you click to kill, this is what you do in this game. But it doesn't actually talk about the dynamics of the game at all. So it's not helpful for new players when we hit this band screen or whatever song and dance happened at this declaring and ban screen to have done the tutorial at all. Yes, that is where the the sort of graduation through the roles of different uh, queues in League of Legends. So you can queue for various types of games. You can queue for like co-op versus AI, which is real people, team of real people versus a team of bots, which is kind of just taking you through that that base mechanical knowledge that you need to play the game. You should never lose a bot game. 
it is very, very hard. Um, it is all just basically, here, you're going to learn how to hit the minions. And then you play something called normal games, which are unranked games of 5v5. There are no stakes. Nobody really cares if you win or lose. And that's where you're training yourself in the, the basic... Di- well, you know, nobody uh, really cares. The, the blinding rage I've seen in chat would indicate that people care a great deal. Yeah, those are losers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only losers have feelings and care about stuff. Yeah, they only care when they're losing the game and also go play ranked. But yeah, like... So that's where you're really training the dynamics. But they kind of have an extended tutorial like league of legends does not allow you to play the ranked version of the game until you hit level 30 and it takes several months to get to that point um it is not a short climb in the slightest because there is so much secondary knowledge that you need to play this game i mean to put it in perspective the entire time i've been playing league i've advanced 11 levels and we just played ranked for the first time yesterday yeah because you started at 20 right i started at 19 19 and ranked is a whole other queue like, it's a different world from normal and bot games. I mean, I've seen bot games where, like, three people queue jungle, and there's just three junglers running around the board like a bunch of psychos. And I've only been here for three weeks. Yeah, that would never happen in ranked. It's not even conceivable. People would dodge before you got in a game like that. Yeah. Dodging, for anybody who doesn't know, is where you don't pick a champion at champ select. The game bounces you out, puts you on a six-minute cooldown so you can't requeue. But it's the way you get out of playing a game that's going to go super toxic or bad. It's a troll. It's literally like you're dodging a troll. Yes, and there's a diminished LP loss that you get from that, and that's like your your ranked points essentially. Okay, so we went through the fact that declaring and banning a champion has its own song and dance or knowledge that you need with it. Specifically meta knowledge, I under- if I understood correctly, and what people may play or what's popular and what counters what, etc. And, and you also have to consider, you said who drafts first, which is what we're now looking at, I assume, is that mid- <laughs> midday Red Bull, who's in support, is currently picking. And then picking next uh, would be the two other team, like the other teams. Yeah. Uh, so it goes okay. first pick on one team then two then two then two uh and then you know how big is the advantage to be able to pick first or negligible oh two then one actually but Um, it's so it depends go on as you No, you uh what i was going to say was it depends on if you're playing a character that is frequently where you're really vying to get a character right like, I, I'm currently playing Kane because he's OP and I'm new and it really helps to play the OP character. And if I'm not picking first or second, my odds of getting Kane go down. So can there only ever be one Kane on the field? Or is it one Kane per team? One Kane per game. That, so, yeah. So there can only ever be one on the field, which is why this drafting exists. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's why you have to draft off champions and why they sort of uh extended you they extended the bands at some point uh, maybe like two seasons ago from was it six to ten used to be three bands per team that first three people got to do it and now everybody gets a ban everyone thought it was going to be catastrophic but it's really not it's actually just significantly there's too many champions for it to matter that much to be honest yeah and i we kind of talked about this the other day a little bit it's honestly smart 
to do with the number of champions that they're doing. It seems daunting at first that they have like 130 some champions, but as long as they know kind of what category they're building into and it doesn't completely destroy their balance, which occasionally it does, giving people options is like the absolute best thing you can do for this game. Because it's so much more about your individual enjoyment of a game um, than it is like the overall win-loss because there's so many other factors that determine that. You can play amazing in a game and lose. There's nothing you can do about it. Like nobody has a 100% win rate in League of Legends. Well, that's also but with if, most team games, right? No matter how well you yeah. play, it's a team. Yeah, it's a team effort. But that can feel like really, really shitty. Yeah. If, you know, especially in the world of video games where we want so much gratification, we always need a reward cycle keeping us interested. But if you're playing the champion that you like, like when I'm playing Annie and I bush somebody, I stand in a bush, I wait till they get close and I kill them before they even see me. That is that's redeeming enough for me to be okay with the loss. So, instead of designing for I guess instead of designing for like a balanced gameplay, they're going to design for those small satisfaction moments that keep you coming back or hitting the play button again. Because nobody's going to take the time to balance out all 100 and whatever champions. I actually think it's a combination where you find different, where everybody finds different things rewarding. And and one of the things that I would I would say is that Jake and I duo pretty much every day right now. And that's a very different experience than playing alone. In fact, Jake suggested like I should try solo queuing once, and I was like, ah, ooh, ooh, <laughs> Jake's my shot caller. I don't really know that I'd know what to do if he wasn't there. Yeah, you're kind of making your mini team like within the larger team of the game. Um, I used to duo. I would play eighty carry with a support for a very long time, and we knew exactly what we would play. We played Jin and Zyra, which is a very good combination didn't matter what the rest of the team picked we didn't care we knew our plan for the game and we played that every single game until eventually those champions kind of fell out of the meta for a little while navigin is fantastic um and i think zyra is too but you know it, it's much more about your individual experience with laning if you're in a lane uh jungling if you're in the jungle and kind of how that plays into your overall perception of your performance, I think, rather than the win, the straight numbers of win or loss. Because you can have a fun loss in League. It is possible. There's Though I think many people would refute that. No, I, I agree with that, actually. Because there's a lot of, especially as a jungle, there's a lot of, like, dueling moments where, like, we're going for a dragon, which is a jungle objective. And winning the dragon or stealing the dragon is gratifying into and of itself. Where when you suffer a loss, you kind of come out of it and you go, well, yeah, we lost, but this is where it went wrong, and this is why it went wrong, and it's probably my fault because I'm the newest, shittiest person on the team. But overall, this duel went well, and we captured that objective, and we won this team fight, and this this run of kills was really solid, and we should try to replicate that particular pattern uh, over and over again. Like, one of the major things that that's developed since we actually did the recording of this game is when I play jungle, like I super depend on the fact that Jake is almost always mid and controlling the middle of the board. And I know what to expect at all times coming from the middle of the board, whereas top and bottom are a crapshoot as to whether or not like, you know, I've charged in, that's my job. 
I charged in to engage a team fight three on two and watch the other two people just run away and me die. And then be like, why did you die? And I'm like, because you abandoned me. (laughs) (laughs) You watched them put a gun to my head and you just literally just walked out and had a cup of coffee. (laughs) And the dynamic of how you play, too, would entirely change if you were, say, playing flex queue with a bot lane. So you've got an 80 carry, a support, and a jungle queuing together. You are going to be so invested in getting dragons. You're going to be so invested because the dragons are on the bottom side of the map. You're going to be so invested in playing that half of the map. And mid might be a gray area. Top is way off in the weeds at that point because who the hell do you know up there? It totally changes your experience of the game. And for the record, I want to say it's not a communication issue. It's a trust issue. You you uh, yeah you develop over the thirty or forty five or hour long game depending upon how how sideways it's going that day. You start to trust or not trust people. Like if I come down to if I go into a lane and they abandon me in a team fight like that, I'm not. I mean, I'll come back because I have to to keep the to, to win this game, and that's what I care about because I'm ultimately a competitive player. But I'm not going to charge in with just those two people at my back again, like. That that's like the if they go in, get committed, they start taking damage, then I'll go in. And it changes the abilities of the team based upon those those trust issues. Yeah. There's a there's a drinking game, uh I think it's called Kings, right? Where you go around and you invent rules for each card that you draw. King's Cup. King's Cup, yeah. It it Is this reminds just asshole me of that. With a deck of cards. Yep. Literally it is. I not Why would you want a more complicated version of that? No, I also don't know why we need to have an excuse to drink. But the point (laughs) the point is that like you go through a game of League of Legends and you remember these rules in your head. Like if you're the jungle and you go mid and you know your Annie gets eaten alive by Yasuo, which wouldn't happen because she's a direct counter to him, but you get the point. You know Yasuo big scary, I know go back there. And, like, it's ingrained in you for the remainder of this game and potentially for the remainder of games going down into the future. Like, Mazu, you always laugh when I ban a champion that completely dumpstered us in the previous game. Because, yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't want to see them again. You just can't. Yeah. It's too fresh. And if I run into too an soon. echo after an echo completely eviscerated me, like, I'm going to have a bad time regardless of who that person is, regardless of how they're playing. Um, it just brings back too many painful memories. Yeah, and the rules that I just learned, I have to forget immediately. Which and is restart, hard and because I've, you're staring at uh, yeah. the same opponent, the quote-unquote same-looking opponent. Yeah, for the most part. Like, you know, skin's independent yeah, of that. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I... I, I know the feeling of getting hit with Echo's E, and I know that that took away half my HP in the previous game, so I'm going to be really skittish about letting him go in on me again, even if it might be the right move to let him jump into me and then kill him. Right. Um, it's yeah. weird. League is a team game, and it's so dependent on the meta, but it's almost, in a way, more dependent on your personal experience. Well, I think that the key phrase in there is it was the right move. And that is both a personal subjective decision as well as like a generally accepted value of things. You're not evaluating. League actually evaluates your performance on an uh, D to S scale. In addition to that, when you do your postmortems on it, you're actually evaluating whether or not you made good choices or bad choices. You're not really evaluating how the game went. 
because you can't rely on your teammates, or you might just be getting outplayed by somebody. Like I've played against jungles that are just like, yep, yeah, no, they're better, they're better than me, and I'm not going to be able to fight them in a direct sense. I have to wait for the team fight phase to be effective. And like it feels terrible, but that was the right choice. And denying that person killing me and preventing them from getting gold is the best option. Right. Um, I also want to say in the last video we clarified that Riot isn't a like Eastern company, but the scale D to S is also very common in Eastern based games. Yeah, for sure. I was entirely unaware of that before I started playing like a wider variety of video games when I got to college. I was like S. That's not the S ranked. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's like incredibly common. Um, and I guess it kind of fits league because like when I think about RTS games and more strategy based games that come from the eastern side, it's all ranked by that. Well, I actually think that that's something that's becoming such a part of the American vernacular that it it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like to, it may be common. Maybe from a board game perspective, like when I still play C games, like it's not unless it's created in like no. The I meant the kids side. I teach, like the little kids that I teach. Oh, yeah, S-Rank, well, because it's a meme now. Yeah, but I, that's what I mean by, like, it's invaded yeah, the social yeah. consciousness to the point where, like, I agree. The first time I heard S-Rank, I was like, huh? What is this? And now right. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I, when I have to explain it to people, I'm like, oh, yeah, this person doesn't know what's going on. Got it. Okay. So you you picked uh, your champion. Everyone drafted, right? We went through the drafting phase. It's actually not over yet, oh, but oh, I picked great. mine. Okay, what the hell am I now looking at? <laughs> so these are the rune <laughs> uh, pages. Okay. Um, I don't have the information up, so I mean, I can actually bring up the rune pages if we want to look at what they actually mean. But I can kind of briefly summarize it. Well, let's just talk about what runes are. Like, how are how do these have a potential to impact the character? Yeah, they're they're predetermined um, buffs that you give to your champion. And any character can take any rune for the most part. There are advantages and disadvantages sometimes to ranged or melee champions. But they're very much a the moment when you lock in your build, when you're you lock in your play style. So for example, I picked an AD carry, an attack damage champion, and I'm locking in runes that are meant for casters because I'm gonna build this AD carry AP because I'm trolling. <laughs> Like, this is the point where I've really made the decision of how I'm going to play the game. Not only what champion I'm going to play, but how I'm going to execute this and what strategy I am going into the game. Now, are these runes specific per champion or no? No. Okay. Any, rune, any champion can take any set of runes. Um, and then there are different sort of trees of runes that are good for certain champions. Like, the yellow is usually good for precision good for 80 carries domination is good for assassins and burst damage champions um sorcery is good for mages uh, this is resolve it's good for tanks and then inspiration is more of like a utility support type again going back to the the knowledge you have to know is this discussed in the tutorial do you know yes or no they changed it since i've entered the game so i don't know but you also don't unlock your own rune pages i don't think in the beginning is, am i correct on that Mazzy, I think you, you have to use the stock ones. Yeah, I, I had to use the stock ones for a little while, and then they unlock, and you can put your own runes in. It, it's, yeah. it's a very weird thing, because the runes make a tremendous difference, and at the same time, they don't. My current level of play, is it the right thing to do to take the correct runes? Yes. Would I say that the runes are making the difference? No. If you go up an elo high enough, is it is that a major thing? Yeah. 
and there's whole discussions around uh, you take six runes and then three essentially like generalist support runes at the bottom there, right? Seven, but yeah. What? No, four? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, no, sorry. You're yeah. not doing three. It's like, I can... <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. Jake's teaching me to play League of Legends. <laughs> Counting yeah. is not his thing. I'm teaching him that as a school teacher. That's that's the trade we're making. That was your mistake, letting me <laughs> teach anything. <laughs> well, it's not like it's hurting me. Um, but you'll you'll like there's whole YouTube videos around what that are like five six minutes long, like segments on taking one room different out of the six, like yeah. and how that impacts high level play. And I'm like, yeah, at my level it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> it's not nobody nobody cares. But if you don't pick the right ones, then you're trolling and you're a jerk. But yes. it's another layer of knowledge that, again, if a new player were to step in, they would have to know. They would have to learn. But it isn't given to you until you have some time in the game. And you are given yeah. pre-made pages that let you circumvent that problem. But it's interesting because it's it's mechanical knowledge that they just don't tell you about, and then you have to figure it out on your own. It's almost like a nudge in the right direction to go to the secondary resources that you need to play this game third-party websites like op.gg that give you access to the most popular builds because it is now they've changed the item shop up a little bit so you could kind of build your champion the right way through there to an extent but really you need to have access to a second monitor and opgg on the side (laughs) like otherwise you can't keep all that info in your head is there any sort of tool tips or something on this screen i know you're not actually playing the game we're watching the video of it but like if i were to hover over a room just give me a brief description of what the hell it does or no yeah and there okay. are i think you hold like shift or something to give a more detailed description but, but I, yeah i want to be clear about that they are complicated enough that that is not an effective plan right but so- something exists yes right um yeah. do you have to lock this in before you actually hit the field and then you can't change it yeah, before the end of this, um, like, whatever it is, champ select screen, uh, you need to finish all of your runes and you need to take your summoner spells as well. So up at the top right now, are, it, it's like 23 seconds, right? So you don't have like an insane amount of time to go through these runes, read them, and make a choice then and there. No, you really got to know what you're taking and what they do. Before you even hit this, hit this screen so that you can quickly pick it. Yeah. Um, Grant, it's not actually 23 seconds. It's 23 seconds for these two people on my team to finish their pick. Right. And then after that, um, it's going to go to one more pick, and then there's going to be like another like 15-ish seconds to lock things in. Okay. But you can go through these really fast. Um, It's not too much to know. Really, like I don't know much about like the inspiration or resolve trees because I don't play a lot of champions. But after you find your lane, it's pretty easy to you know, learn the 20 or so runes that you need to. Oh, do they change up based on lane? Well, they change based on role. Um, there are different trees, like up here at the top. Yeah, it says you mid. You can see like this. Yeah, well, it, not even that, but below that, it there's like a yellow, a red, a blue, a green, and like a teal. Yeah, those are all different ones. Yeah, yeah those you were, would you were entirely yeah. change all of the ones below. So I know pretty much all of the runes in the first three trees. And I don't really care about the second or the next two. I really only know the runes in Conqueror, I think it is. Uh, Precision, the yellow one. Yeah, I only know the yellow one. Okay, but 
I, I guess my main point is this is another thing that you have to learn when, before you play the game that really the game itself doesn't hold your hand in. <laughs> like you guys were saying, yeah. it's like good luck with third, <laughs> good luck with third party resources, everybody. Yeet. It's a piece of IKEA furniture that doesn't actually have any instructions. <laughs> That's the level of not holding your hand we're talking about. Right, yeah, it, right. It showed up with no screws and an Allen wrench that has the wrong <laughs> attachment. The right. No, no, all the right pieces are there, but there's a thousand of them and there's no directions. And also online, they've put uh, they they ban it, so you can't uh, actually look at it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh I think it's kind of there to nudge you towards those resources cuz there are other reasons that you really need to be on those as well. Like you need to know what's meta, you need to know what champions are good cuz if you just came into this game and said, "I'm going to play the champion that looks the coolest." <laughs> you're Can you even imagine like, "Oh my gosh, it would be a nightmare." <laughs> it's 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 the end of the world for you. You're never going to win a game cuz you might decide that like, I don't know, Tom Kench looks the coolest for you. Tom Kench has so little data on him right now on the third-party websites that they cannot even compile what is an effective build for the champion. There, there no, there's nobody's playing him. He's also, just, he's he looks dead. terrible. He's, yeah, he looks terrible. He's like he a large, terrible. stocky catfish man. Yeah. Huh. I have a skin you? that makes him, he- like, albino pale, and he just looks disgusting. <laughs> oh, God. Okay to start with, but that's so much worse. I'll play him the next time we play. <laughs> oh no! Please. So, no. did you already pick those summoning spells you were talking about? Did I did. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think I altered them going into this game because generally uh, they're very lane dependent. Like at the bottom here, um, you'll see like these two squares. This green thingy. This is heal, and this is flash. You always take flash. Uh, it's like a short teleport. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can jump over walls or, you know, close a gap or get away from somebody if they're on you. It's uh, just a free escape. So you, you almost every single time take flash. Under rare circumstances, you don't. And then depending on your lane, you're going to take a different secondary summoner spell. I'm taking heal because I'm playing in the bottom lane. And heal is effective on two champions. So one of us is going to take it. It's probably going to be me. And my support is going to take Ignite. And that's just another good laning item that burns an enemy champion. The jungles are, they always have to take uh, Smite. It's an ability that doesn't execute on uh, neutral monsters and minions. So they need that to get objectives in the jungle. And it's, it has become so essential that the items literally function around enhancing your smite. It is core to their, their kit. So if somebody who, again, is new to this game comes in, that is all knowledge that you've gathered from playing that's meta that you've had from prior experiences, right? What, what would happen with a new person is they would lo- most likely pick the wrong ones because they would base it on game knowledge that is outside of League of Legends. Right. And then get immediately yelled at. Right. Yeah. Right, but so that's what I'm saying. There's nothing, again, a new player, there's nothing there to help them here. There's nothing that says everybody tends to pick Smite. No, and it... <laughs> it, no, it your team yeah. expects you to have Smite, and the team needs the Smite to be effective, so if you don't take it, you're essentially deliberately trolling and hand- handicapping the entire team, even if you did it through ignorance. Right, right. My My point, though, is that the game doesn't help you here. No, this no, is more knowledge actively. that the game expects you to have going into playing it that it itself did not give you. I think it will automatically change your your summoner spell to smite if you get auto filled into the jungle role. 
Um, so like if you queue for mid and uh, you generally have ignite, then you get autofilled into jungle. It'll change your ignite to smite. Um, so it's at least aware, and it will do a a couple quality of light things for you, but it doesn't make you take smite. Right. Like it's, it's no one's forcing you. It's also not really telling you unless that specific circumstance happens. So let's look at the item screen. Because I know every time you brought it up when I was watching you, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck is happening on the screen. And Jake's just rapidly clicking things. And I'm like, cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what? This incomprehensible slurry of stuff isn't like. And this, like there's some there's definitely. So my brain's staring at this again for everybody who does not know. I have never once played League and I've not played. But she's a thinking about before. doing it. No, I'm not. Take that back. <laughs> I don't want to play League. What my brain gathers from this is there's a ranking, obviously. There's starter, basic, epic, and legendary. And my brain definitely, as a gamer, registers those are rankings. All right. They're more expensive as they go up. They probably have more buffs or something to them or whatever. What have you. More effects, whatever, as you go up, right? Something makes them more expensive in the ranking. Me, as a gamer, know that from my prior experience with games that aren't MOBA. I can also yeah. see there's a star and there's different weapons, maybe. There's like an axe and maybe ranged. I'm not sure. What looks like a dagger? Maybe a spell tome thingy? Shield? And something else. So, <laughs> right? I'll say the portraits have almost nothing to do with the item in fact some of these portraits job, right? some of these portraits are basically updates of 10 year old graphics Good like job, uh the glowing red sword is often something that i will build on ad carry which is a generally a ranged role it's a major sword mages have swords right it's it's a Battle hex drinker actually it, it adds magic resistant damage no, but it's a sword that a wizard would carry which is really weird outside of gandalf yeah, yeah, the whole, none of these make any sense, let's be honest here. For example, in the top row under starter, see that blue thing three in from the left? The wispy For, ball thing? Yeah, it's that a, is called Tear of the Goddess. Yeah, mana tear. Yeah, it's, you know, every game has you picking up a crying object, right? You know the best thing about the mana tear? That if you're losing the game and you want to troll your team, you go back to the base, you sell all your items, and you buy six tiers. <laughs> So, Why? Because you're crying that you go lose. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people like this? Why did they keep the portrait the same? That's what I'm asking. Like you knew this was a problem. Um. Yeah. So, no. The portraits have almost nothing to do with the hell is going on with the items. Oh, Most great job, of the right. time. Yeah, like some of it is vaguely related, like knife do damage sometimes, but knife also mean attack speed and cloth mean armor. That shield isn't even a shield in the top row, Amanda, that's just an attack damage item. You're hurting Jake. Jake's gonna correct you because he's hurt. <laughs> I can feel him trying to hold it in though. I know, he's trying so hard. Uh, It's a healing item. The <laughs> <laughs> store's missing health every, every few seconds. When in lane... It's an item for tanks and supports. Not really supports, but like tanky-ish mid laners and top laners. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, none of it makes sense. Um, and then actually, you're, you were almost right with the, the tiers of items, but there's one more that you can't see because I haven't scrolled down. It's a mythic. Oh, okay. Um, 
really the only items that are items are legendary items. <laughs> yeah, everything else is Thank a component you. for another they're item. They're all components. Yeah, they're all components. Um, except for the, the starter items, actually, at the top here. These, not all the time, build into stuff. The tier is a, an, ex an exception to that rule. It builds into an item. But all of the other starter items do not build into anything. So then, on the left here, there's also boxes with things already in them. Are those things that you already have equipped? No. Or what what no. are these? What are these? So these are consumables and then on the on top and then on the bottom are your boots. <laughs> why um, wait, why do boots get their own category? Because everybody takes them because it's so important to have movement speed buffs, but it is actually not a rule that you have to build boots. It is not required. There are in fact I think more than one. I know Cassiopeia can't build boots because she's a snake. She doesn't have legs. Checks out. Um, yeah, there are some champions that can't build boots, um, but boots are pretty much always essential, and there are boots for every sort of type of role. There are boots that give you attack speed. There are boots that give you armor and magic resist and magic penetration, uh, additional mobility, and then cooldown reduction. Like, there's there's a good number. There's Swifties as well, which do something a little different. But for all intents and purposes, movement speed as well. And then there's a bag. There's a bag? Where's a bag? There's a bag. Oh, the bottom? I, I couldn't even tell you what that does. I'm never clicking over there. Good job. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And then on the top here are your consumables. Um, so pretty much you know what you're going to buy going into the lane every time because it's the standard stuff. You buy one starter item and then you buy some potions. So you buy some health potions and then you will also take a warding totem. So there are several types of wards in the game. Wards are consumables that you place on the map and generally have some effect on your team's vision of that area of the map. Um, you can only take one of two in the beginning, or technically three if you bought a control ward, but that's a little different. You could take a stealth ward, which is a standard one. You put it down, takes a couple seconds, and it goes invisible, and it stays there until it dies. At, uh, I think it's two minutes they stay. Or one, you can one, take yeah, yeah. Um, an oracle alteration, oracle lance, whatever the hell it's called, sweepers. There's a lot of slang that gets used for these type of things. And that reveals stealth wards and allows the enemy team to destroy them, or you to destroy the enemy teams. Oracle is also called a red trinket. Yeah, red trinket, oracle, sweepers. There's a million names for it because it's been around since you know the dawn of time for League. So you'll take a warding totem, some potions, and your starting item. And your starting item is dependent on your champion and the type of damage that you do. And you know um, this from playing League a lot and well, third-party sources. Tyler knows this. I know this because Tyler One knows this, but no. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you were to click on the recommended tab here, mm -hmm. um, it would tell you what to take. Okay. They've gotten a little better about that. I actually used to use the recommended page before they switched the, the item shop around. Um, it was a little different. It was a little more open. Now the recommended shop is really like League for Dummies. It is... <laughs> They give you like sometimes legitimately one option, and it's a big ass box that you cannot help but click. The most of um, the options they give you is three, and it's usually yeah. two. But I do. I want to add one thing real quick, if I can. On see on the left hand side, um, still in frame. There's all those little silhouette symbols. Yeah. 
Okay, all those silhouette symbols have corresponding stat things and in-game effects that range from, like, basically your automatic attack power to your armor rating to Omnivamp, which is, uh, which is lifesteal. And... Kind of. The idea, yeah. sort of, more or less, I mean, how, how detailed do you really want to get? Um, lifesteal is still a stat, just saying. Okay. <laughs> it is? It is, it's still a thing. I didn't know. I don't know the, di- don't know the difference either. Nothing makes sense anymore. So you tried to make me look like an asshole, but I dug in? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Counter troll, bitch. So if you need an item that does a thing, which you frequently will, but you don't know the name of the thing you need it to do, which I frequently don't, you can use that to filter out. If you can guess the correct silhouette symbol. Yeah. (laughs) Also, hovering over it, I don't think does anything. No, no, I don't think it does. Also, before, they used to not actually um, have the symbols. They just had colors. <laughs> oh, fuck you. So you see, like, I'm hovered over Hailblade right now, which is not what I'm going to take because I'm not playing jungle. But they have all the different colors for the different types of, like, uh, status effects. Yeah. Yeah, those were just colors. I, I had no idea for the longest time, like, what any of them meant. I was just like, listen, I know I, OPG tells me to click these items. I click these items, I win the games. It's fine. We don't need to think about them anymore. So even for someone who's been playing League a while, uh, you have third-party sources tell you the best weapons to go to. It's like trying to set somebody's oh, 100%. Like, broken arm off of a YouTube video while drinking a beer. Yes. Uh, and I, I think another thing to, that's important to bring up during this, again, if we were a new player playing this, is that the time spent in this item shop is still very valuable, right? Because, like, oh, yeah. as I watch 100%. the game, time becomes an increasingly important player or a character in this because your respawn time goes up and up. And the longer you're away from the lane, the more time you give to other people. And even to say at the beginning when your respawn time's low, if you're new to the game and you have no idea what items to pick, you can waste precious time picking these items. And then you lose, I guess, leverage in your lane? What is it called? You lose priority. experience. Yeah, And sure. priority, yeah. Yeah, but priority. Like, you also need to be in a physical location to gain experience. You don't get experience from getting um, kills onto things. You get experience from being near things that die. Oh. But... More importantly, if you spend too long in the item shop, your team will think you AFK'd and begin to immediately freak out. Yes. Right. So again, another thing not super easy to learn for new players and another hurdle they have to get into or knowledge that the game expected you to have prior to getting into this this part in the screen is that you know roughly what items you want, what items pick, that splurge of symbols on the left etc getting into this so that you can quickly pick it like jake does because it's up and gone in a flash yeah yeah so my prior experiences with not just league of legends but other mobas basically removed three weeks of intense pain from coming up to speed like jake did not have to explain what a ward did he just had to explain like the very specific minutiae details of the wards i already knew about boots from previous league experience some of these items are carryovers from when I played way, way in the long, long ago. Like, I knew what to expect from the item shop, and I knew the differences vaguely from the League item shop and the Dota item shop. And not knowing those things and having zero help basically means if you're playing League of Legends or Dota to 
or I guess even Heroes of the Storm, although that that's a little bit different because there's no item shop and a lot of this stuff is cleared out for you because Blizzard is Blizzard. Your experience starts on YouTube. What? YouTube yeah, with yeah. somebody explaining to you what the hell you're doing. And moreover, too, like this is the type of game where you can't learn on the fly. Like most games, like if you're playing like a single player game or something, you you can pause, you can look at what things do, and you could spend a half an hour like rebinding keys and stuff. Not even to just say that like this as a multiplayer game, you can't do that because there are some constraints to the fact that you're playing live. But even with COD, like you could spend time and not 100% worry about it, like fiddling around with your classes in the lobby and all this stuff. You need to go off of the game. You need to go onto a website and then learn and probably incorporate League of Legends into some other portion of your life where you're watching streams or you're watching YouTube videos on the toilet or whatever you got to do because there's no possible way that you could just open up the client and learn everything you need to learn. It is not... It You could spend the entire game sitting here reading item descriptions like you should never read item descriptions for long periods of time during the game you're wasting time know them going into it very quickly look at what they do for you speed read over it and get going or utilize like double time while you're backing to do that but it's not I, something you can learn on the fly i was say ideally your item shop experiences while you're recalling which is teleporting to base which everybody can do uh, or you're dead, you've lined up your purchases and you're literally just execute clicking the heartbeat you get there so you can start moving again. Yes. Because every second you're in base and not on the field is a second that your your opponent, opposing team has a wild advantage. I think uh, what Jake said about not really being able to get into the game and learn on the fly is something that's maybe just unique to League and not to MOBAs in general, but it's something that is fundamentally weird for me to grasp because a core idea behind games is that they allow you to learn through failing in a way. Like you do, you try something in a game, you fail, there's some consequences to it or whatever you've learned, and then you keep playing, right? And then as a core concept in a lot of games that I've played, and it's a core concept yes. also when designing a game is that you need to have moments where the player knows what they did. Like there's na- there's consequences or something to their actions that respond to them that then they learn something from them, which doesn't seem to be <laughs> happening when it comes to certain aspects of League. Dota's kind of the same way though. Okay. Yeah. Again, I don't know if it's just a MOBA specific thing. It's a MOBA thing. thing. Okay. In, in that, I'm going to say that Heroes is not always subject to all of these rules because Heroes is a Blizzard game and comes with the cachet that it's a Blizzard game first and a MOBA second. The asterisk around all of this is, but it's so successful. Yeah. Like, it does all of these things conventionally wrong, yet it is far and away the most successful esport that there is. Um, and far and away, you know, I, I, I don't think you could say the most successful multiplayer game of all time, but it's certainly in contention for that title. I think that it's depends how we're lumping CODs together or not. Yeah, well, that's even COD saying. doesn't hit the same success that like WoW does for multiplayer games. Yeah, it's it's hard. If we're including MMOs, you, you would have to um, like really mince between like what you're counting at that point. But regardless, with all these flaws, it is immensely successful. Yeah, and it not that it shouldn't be, but it is strange that it is. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it's so much of a time investment. It's. I think we could honestly do a talk about how MOBAs break a lot of rules 
for quote-unquote key game design concepts. And yet it is a very successful game genre. Yeah. I actually think that that's, that's its own podcast, though. Like, that is, no, I, that is easily an hour's worth of conversation. No, I agree. But just, like, me watching you guys play League and having no MOBA experience, like, I don't want to play League. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so here's what I'm going to say. Caveat to all of this is I don't think I could do this if Jake wasn't literally in my ears the whole time. Credit to him because other people have tried to teach me things like Dota 2 uh, and even Heroes, and it hasn't gone nearly this well. And part of that, I guess, is my general experience, but also a huge part of that is just Jake is good at this. It, it is a thing where not having a buddy and trying to solo queue this must be an infuriating disaster because the number of times, especially late game, when it is all shot calling and there is no help whatsoever and Jake just goes, follow me. And I'm like, oh, good. I can stop like knowing I'm making the wrong choice or having decision paralysis. Uh, and actually just go do my job, which is find someone to murder, basically, because I play jungle. This game does so little to hold your hand as a new player. If you were a brand new player to this, this game does so little for you. There is a tutorial where it teaches you the mechanics. Amanda's correct. This game does nothing to hold your hand, which would normally be a death sentence. And in Deception of League, it's actually an endearing quality, I guess. Well, it's more so that like you, you're playing it because Jake's the one holding your hand instead of the game itself. And Jake's only able to hold your hand because he's invested a large portion of his brain space specifically for league knowledge. Forgot we talked about that. We did. <laughs> it's something that really haunts my fucking nightmares. The fact How that like there's a good amount of gray matter dedicated to like to misfortunes queue. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. One day you'll drink that stuff away anyway. Like the entire yeah, the entire so. time you guys were playing, Jake is effectively shot calling and saying when to fall back, when to move, what to do, when to hit, when to advance, when to pull back, and like that's all knowledge that the game itself taught him nothing about, but he just has through experience. Which granted does exist in other games too. That sort of game knowledge I understand, and I'm like, you develop those the more you play the game because you understand the flow of battle better, right? Yeah, but I I mean, I'm gonna say even in comparison to Overwatch, which is fairly complicated. It's nothing like this. Like, in Overwatch, oh, yeah. like, you, you could be in the wrong spot and it'll be fine. Like, the the death that Jake rewound is, like, I'm out of position by about three inches on the screen and therefore never stood a chance of surviving. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the parallel for me was my introduction into wargaming, um, like, tabletop through Mazio. I, I think there are some similarities where there is no possible way that I could have done that myself. You so heavily rely on the community at large to like make your transition into the game possible. And, and League is the same thing. And likewise for me, when I got into League, I had a couple people that helped me immensely. And my essentially my college roommates carried me through learning this game for a very long time until I got to the point where I could play by myself. I've... I think under that same vein, we almost got on for full circle to a, a podcast that released prior to us recording this. And probably by the time this gets out like a few weeks ago, which was like death of games, right? Mm-hmm. And when do games die? And we were like, well, that's when the, there's nobody in the community to hold the banner for it or to get new people in and to teach them, right? And to bring them up. And perhaps the reason why league has survived as long as it is is because one there's millions of people fulfilling that role and like 
a lot of third-party sources there to like help fulfill that role because it has an online presence whereas like in tabletop games that doesn't well i think it's not really a strong i think that's 100 percent accurate i also want to say i want to ask because i've never asked this are you playing more leagues since i started playing yeah actually that's that's hard to quantify i go through phases of league i would say i play much more consistently like we only play like one or two maybe at most like three or four games when we play um, for example, when me and my my current roommate play League in a day, it's ten games because <laughs> we we don't need to talk while we play. Well, I'm an adult with a job, so yeah. Also, like we're doing analysis, like we're making shot calls. It's it's an intensive process. Like there's there's a lot of thought going into it. When me and my roommate play, we can just shoot the shit about anything, and it doesn't really require as huh. much uh, headspace to play. Right. It's a different game, but I almost universally, whenever I tell people like, oh, this person's going to come play League with us, all the experienced League players I know are excited. Everyone wants to bring a new person into League because it is so much more interesting than just playing by yourself. Right. Well, I think also, but at least we may or may not have proven as me, who someone has no idea what the hell was happening on the screen half the time, is that it's the, I guess, uh, not experience curve, God, curve. Difficulty curve of somebody entering uh, this game alone is just about Im- impassable. Yeah. You I need the com- somebody within the community who's already in there to hold your hand because this game will not. And I think that's another topic that we could probably talk about in another podcast, which is how heavily a lot of games rely on you having outsider knowledge or like general gaming knowledge for you to successfully play the game. like I think we also should do a podcast on initiation versus recommendation. Where like you, like you recommend Persona 5 to me, right? Yeah. And I may or may not play it. Jake initiated me into World of Warcraft. League. Uh, League, sorry. Oh my gosh, wow. what the hell happened, brain? <laughs> I can can we edit that out? I don't want to sound like I like just died <laughs> and uh, mentally. On, uh, in the same vein that like... I initiated Jake in the tabletop, and if you and I lived closer together, you would have gone through all the tabletop paces, even if you didn't play them, just just because you could, essentially, and we're friends. Right. And and in that is a really important aspect of the fact that this is something that also defines your friendships. And I have other friends that play MOBAs, and they were all excited, even if they don't play League, by the fact that I was like, I started playing League again. And my one buddy's like, can you download Dota? I'll walk you through Dota. Like, that was the first thing he said to me. <laughs> I was like, maybe later? Can I learn this first? And he's like, fine. Yeah, I think I think we have a lot of topics that we could like talk about uh, after this. Off of this? And this. I think there's a lot of videos to make off of this, too. For sure. That are going to show progression. Because I'm watching my Lux play in utter horror. <laughs> where I'm like, I am... I am ten times more competent to play her right now than I was that day. And this day. was recorded... Uh, Two weeks? Eight days ago. Yeah, a a week ago. Barely. Eight days ago, but one of those days I played eight games of League. Right. And every other day I played at least three. (laughs) Right. So eight days, but close to like, what, 50 games ago? Yeah. I think that's it for us, at least on this, because we're already at like an hour or something right now. Yeah, we're diverging pretty hard. And we're diverging hard. Um. But let us know if you like this format uh, where we play the game, we talk a little bit about it, uh, and whether or not you're interested in that. I think we all enjoyed it. 
I think there's some merit behind playing a game because as we've talked about previously, you really have to play a game and know how it feels to yourself to truly analyze it and get an understanding of like a player position, right? You can't just continue to watch Let's Plays about yeah, you can't it and play read Cliff notes with it. It's like literature. You have to read it. Yeah. Um, and I think in us doing this, it brings uh, up more topics to then bring about on the podcast for you listeners for future episodes. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, I did a beautiful CC move and then immediately fucked it up by stopping moving and getting yourself killed. Oh, oh, I need to do another one of these. I don't want to go out on the internet like this. This is embarrassing. <laughs> well... With that, on that note, on that embarrassing note, we will see you in the next episode, Ducklings. Not sure what it will be yet, but I will probably announce it on our Twitter page first. So follow us at Evil Quacks on Twitter or Evil Quacks the Facebook page if you find, feel the need to still be on Facebook in this day and age. Uh, otherwise, uh, stay evil. Have a quacking new year. Later. Later.